Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to the show. As always, I'm your host, David Burroughs. Happy Monday. Happy Family Day. If you're watching this live, of course, uh, Family Day. And I hope uh, you're getting some time to spend with family because that's what it's for, right? So enjoy the time with family. And uh, happy Valentine's Day or happy belated Valentine's. Do you celebrate it? Do you celebrate the, the Valentine's? Some people do. Some people don't. I think it depends where you're at in your life, right? Um, Jennifer and I celebrated. Well, we had we we had some fun and whatever. She played in a pool tournament over the weekend, uh, but we did find some time to get out and have some fun. Thanks to our friends at Snapshots Photo Booth, and you can find them online at snapshotsphotobooth.ca. That's with an F. And thanks to Dana and Chad for giving us a whole lot of fun that we had um, getting in front of this really super engaging photo mirror booth cool thing <laughs> i don't even know how else to describe it uh but we had a lot of fun getting out there here's a couple examples jennifer's probably going really why do you got to share that but we did have fun creating our own uh designs etc and having some fun love was in the air uh and as jennifer would say um, we love each other every day but it's the one day we get to shut it out loud right so thanks again to snapshot photo booth find them online at snapshotsphotobooth.ca or snapshots photo booth on facebook thank you dana and chad for that i uh, hope you had some fun times out whatever you did if you did or you didn't celebrate um busy weekend around here always and I hope you're taking the time to enjoy. The, the weather hasn't been too bad, but I, I, you know, it got cold over the weekend. Minus 13, I think, was was where somewhere around in there, right? And people were complaining. I I was even I was sort of complaining. I wasn't really complaining. I was just, you know, I'd come in from some right, but uh, we just weren't used to it because of all the nice weather that Mother Nature's been giving us. It's already near the end of February. We're gonna be in spring before you know it. I'm counting the days so I can get out on the motorcycle again. Motorcycle enthusiasts everywhere, of course. We'll be looking for that. And uh, we're going to be doing some stuff on motorcycles, talking to some motorcycle clubs and stuff as well. So if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, keep an eye out for that. Um, say hello in the comments, if you will. I really appreciate you letting us know where you're from as well. We've always got some regulars showing up here, but we are simulcast throughout the world, throughout the United States and Canada, of course, and our friends in Australia with a Facebook hub and uh, Stephen Healy, uh, who looked after the show today that we normally do together because I just got a busy schedule, a sinus staying in between and this, and, you know, it's just a crazy day. And uh, so we're in the United Kingdom, Australia. Where else are we? We are in uh, South Africa, right? And Ireland, too, I believe. Anyway, thank you to all our Facebook friends and Facebook hubs for sharing this around out there. And uh, okay, well, let's talk about uh, some of the things that are coming up. Selfishly, I will promote that I'm going to be another karaoke night coming up to McCarthy Southside Bar and Grill. I was back there in December and uh, we had so much fun. We were trying to figure a date that I could be there. And it's February the 22nd that I will be there at McCarthy Southside uh, in the Sherwood Plaza, I like to call it, if it's still called that. Sherwood Village was what we used to call it down there. Um, so come on, check that out. Have some fun with us. And it's only 8 to midnight, so we start early, finish early kind of thing. And that's always good, right? Because not everybody likes to stay out late anymore. And even if you don't sing the karaoke, we need audience members. So come on in and have a beverage. Maybe have dinner there. They've got great uh, food there as well. So, again, karaoke night returns coming up Saturday, February 22nd, McCarthy Southside. And a reminder once again that the Pastelicious is coming up 
on Friday, February the 28th at the Donny Club. That's supporting the Kidney Foundation. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, so I want to keep it fresh in there. Two seatings, 11.30 and 12.30. If you can make it out, all proceeds, again, going to the Kidney Foundation. And Matilda, we had some of the characters uh, here recently, starting February 27th through the 29th, and it was St. Patrick's Secondary School that's putting that on, being held at the Imperial Theatre. Somebody actually, a few people messaged me and said, is it at St. Pat's or where is it? It is the St. Pat's Secondary School students, or some of them, putting it on, being held at the Imperial Theatre. So go to imperialtheatre.net and... Uh, Matilda, boy, what a cast that we talked to. You can see that a couple of uh, weeks ago, we had some of the cast members on here. Going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping I can get out there and make it uh, make it down there myself. Well, I recently got out and had some fun with the painted cat. I haven't seen her in a while. And the painted cat was around talking to us. She's got some interesting surprises she's going to share with us. That's coming up in just a moment. And she brought the Mad Hatter along with her as well. And I was really uh, excited to see the Painted Cat because we've not gotten together and talked in person for quite some time. So without further ado, let's go out into the community now and talk with the Painted Cat. It's nice to get out in the community and see just what's available out there. And you probably recognize this young lady here. Haven't talked to you in a while, though. The Painted Cat, how are you? It's been a while. I'm yeah. good, Dave. How are you? We chat online once in a while, but we, do. Yeah. we don't get in person too much. And that's because you're so busy. I, I have been busy. Um, I've definitely been kind of in an incubation period where I'm, I've been planning some really new and fun, exciting things for 2020. Yeah, and you've really been teasing us on social media about a few things. Um, but we're kind of here to talk a little bit about that. That's right. She's yep. going to let some of it out. Just a little bit of it. Okay, yeah, well, just a taste. But what do you want to tell us? Well, uh, right now we are at 100 Christina Street, yeah. which, of course, is location for uh, Return the Landscape with mm -hmm. Sean McKnight and uh, the One Tomato Project, and as well as some other amazing artists. And uh, I'm going to be offering classes and workshops and events out of this venue starting yeah. this year. And that's exciting because I know, like, You've had spaces before and then you sort of made some different choices to, to go back home and do things. Mm -hmm. And so what brought you back out? Well, the biggest thing is, number one, and I'm sure you can relate to this, when you work from home, you never really stop working. Yeah. There's, you know, there isn't that divide, yep. right? <laughs> like, so it's important for me, um, for my for my family and for myself and my own well-being that I do have that divide. But the biggest thing is sometimes it's hard to find a venue space. Yeah. You know, um, for a while there I was doing the paint parties out of restaurants and bars, and, and I still offer those services, but I want to take it to the next level now because yeah. it's not just about, you know, the party aspect of it. Like, I really want people to kind of dig deeper and see what their kind of potential is for expressing themselves creatively, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a much more kind of like open studio, art studio, uh, you know, event venue where we have a bit more freedom and we don't have to worry about uh, the noise of like a, right, a restaurant gotcha. or a bar or anything like yeah. that. So. Well, it's conveniently downtown here. There's a mm -hmm. nice shared space going on here. Yes, there is. And, uh, you know, I could say you're really good at teaching because... Oh, thank you. Well, because you've done that with me sort of like I was, I've been at a couple of the, the, the parties, the paint parties that you yes, did and I'm, yeah. I'm like I can't draw stick people please okay fine and I went 
and it was just a simple step-by-step -step process. That's right. It's like you have a system that anybody could really follow along with, and I, I, I felt so comfortable, and by the end of it, I was like, I was sitting a little taller. I felt pretty good that's about right. myself. That's right. You did a great job. So that's, that's, that. uh, that's, that's got to make you feel good when you know you can reach those th th all levels uh, of, of everybody's got a little artist in them, right? Absolutely. Everybody has the potential to create. You don't have to be able to draw a stick figure in order to create something that you can be proud of. Yeah. You know, and, and it really is about kind of getting lost in that process as well because yeah. we live in such a distracting world and there's so many like outside stressors mm. and you know all these deadlines and all these things that weigh heavy on us and art is a great way to just have that release and just like lose yourself in the process and yeah. and art and wellness go hand in hand you know and and I think that we all need a little a little peace and calm in our lives a right positivity calmness and uh, reflection maybe even a part of all of that art mm -hmm. in there right too yeah um, it's got to be uh, you know there's a lot of reward that goes along with what you do but is part of you doing this getting you like kind of like this 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 more I call it the belly to belly business you oh know? I love that yeah right yeah. Um, and because uh, I know for myself like I, I've sort of gone back to doing these in-person interviews because I felt like I was losing touch with people directly yeah is that a part of all of this for you too to connect more definitely connection is so important and I think you know especially with our you know screen to screen living we have kind of lost that personal touch, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a chance for us to reconnect not only with ourselves, but with each other. And when we build this community, and that's why I'm really excited about working in this space, yeah. because I'm gonna be working with so many other creative minds. And when you have like-minded people come together, beautiful things happen. Amazing, right? beautiful things happen, yes, right? Yeah, you absolutely. even mentioned, uh, um, you and I are on the same page when we talk about the laws of the universe. Yep. And <laughs> before we started the camera rolling here, you, you mentioned, this is kind of interesting that you're here in this space because this came full circle. Tell everybody what you meant by that. So yeah, it's it's 100% full circle. So basically back in 2004, I was on the Art Walk Committee and that was what kind of reignited my passion for art and community and really looking at it as a potential like full-time profession, you yeah. know, because from a very young age I was told that art isn't a real job, right? Yep. So when I got I on the... <laughs> yeah, right? We chose the creative That's path. Right. <laughs> so, so when I heard about um, this art walk committee, I was really excited to get back on track. And Sean McKnight was the one who was... Uh, in charge of the committee, he, yeah. he you know, he, he's always been about art and and ecology, right? Like yeah. the environment, and so he kind of like took us under his wing, like a lot of us who are still in this community, and he showed us how to integrate yourself into the community and and you know present your art and your ideas in a way that people would listen. And uh, I, I was a big fan, and I've always been a big fan of everything that he's done for our community. So yeah. I think it's really cool that now, like, what, 16 years later, right, yeah. here we are, full circle, and we're going to be working together again, and I'm really, really excited about that. That's inspiring, eh? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I remember when, you know, uh, when we first, I think you were on one of my first shows, yeah. like, eight <laughs> years ago, right? Yeah. And I remember you talking about all these plans that you were going to do, right? And and uh, I think sometimes people go, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. But yeah. you, you, go, you give us this vibe, though, that you have that, 
that says, yeah, you know, she's going to do that. I have to. <laughs> so look I out, have right? to, yeah. You put it out there. Uh, you've, you've uh, along the way, you've done some pretty fun things, and uh, you've got some bragging rights to a couple of things, too, all right? Like, yeah, talk yeah. Talk about uh, Commander Hadfield. That was Oh, my goodness, yeah. So that's honestly one of the highlights of my career so far, uh, was doing the, the group show with, with, yeah. um, with Commander Chris Hadfield. And uh, there were like 5,000 people at DeGroote's for his book signing and my art opening, right? Yeah. And um, for, so for those of the people who don't know, I, I took the pictures of, of Earth that he had taken from space and I camouflaged models into them through body painting. Yeah. And it was a really just, that was a really special moment. It's something Absolutely. I'll never forget. Yeah. And something I don't think he'll ever forget too because uh, I, I remember when that happened, he, he made comments on Twitter, et cetera. Yeah. About what an experience for him it was to see somebody take those and put a different perspective into it there. So And he's such a nice guy. Yep. He really is. Just like genuine. so Yeah. Extremely genuine. Yeah, yeah. And very considerate of everybody around him and and uh, yeah, he's not he doesn't talk down to people, you know, no. he talks to you and, and I had a really great time and, and I've been to a couple of his other book signings as well, mm -hmm. with thanks to Susan from the bookkeeper, right. of course. She's always invited me and yeah. so that's been really great too. So we have you know, I still love that when you Google my name and his name, like <laughs> you know, it pops up. That that's nice. Nothing right? wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Look what I did. That's good. Yeah, definitely. What keeps you going? Because there's there's uh, there's often obstacles in, mm -hmm. in being self-employed. Never mind being a self-employed artist. Uh, you got the bills you got to pay. Mm -hmm. You have a family. Yes. What keeps you going for it? For me, it really is about doing what I love mm -hmm. and being able to inspire other people. Mm -hmm. That really is what it is. Like now, I'm going into schools and I'm talking to you know high school students and I'm telling them that you know you can pursue art, you can pursue the creative path and not be a starving artist and not yeah. have it just be a hobby. And um, you know I had people like that in my life as I was growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, Jane Hunter, you know, from at the Lawrence House. I, I always looked up to her. Dave Moore, you know, one right. of the artists here, yeah. which again, you know, that's amazing. Um, so you you look up to those those people, and so for me, it's not just about saying like I love what I'm doing, but I love the example that I'm setting for right. for other people. For, you know, and uh, there's no going back. Right. Right. Like yeah. it, it's kind of cool being you your decide. own boss. Yeah. And and there are going to be you know sacrifices that you make along the way, and it is it is a, a lifelong you know lesson and right. you, you never stop learning but I like it that way it, it keeps things fresh it keeps things interesting yeah. and uh, it just it just gives me life right yeah. and so. sometimes and it's, uh, I, I get shot sometimes when I say this but sometimes it's our parents and they don't mean bad by it they're, they're they want to protect us yes go to school get good grades get a good job live happily check off all the boxes right? yeah yeah um, and I think you know so oh, I want to be an artist or uh, mine was I want to be a DJ you know, okay but but what's your plan B? So what do you mean? What's my plan B? Because I think you know uh, they're they're trying to protect us. But when they say that, it's almost like they're saying, yeah, okay, but you're probably going to fail at that. So make sure you have a plan B. Does that make sense? Did you, is yeah. that the kind of thing you ran into? Too? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, because if you didn't fit in that box then how are you supposed to succeed? Yeah. But, you know, um, luckily, so my dad was an entrepreneur. He yep. had a comic shop downtown. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, volume one, number one. Yeah, that's volume right. Volume one, number two. So I saw, you know, how he kind of like did his day-to-day -day and the struggles that he faced and, and also celebrated the victories as well. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Uh, but he eventually had to go back to like the the, the regular jobs. Yeah, and he had a shop right downtown Sarnia here, right? Yeah. 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 It was uh, right beside the library. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> um, and and my mom, she she was a secretary for the government, so she had more of like the. Stable security. Yeah. yeah. But I remember one time I said to her, you know, Mom, like, I, I feel so out of place. Like, everybody's like a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor. Right. Like, how is anyone ever going to see me as, like, successful when I don't fit into those boxes? And she said, Kath, she calls me Kath. Right. Yeah. Um, there are many different ways to measure success. Mm-hmm. And success can look like a, a lot of different, a, a different, different things. Yeah. There's a lot of different paths. And I'll never forget that. You know, because it showed me that, like, even though I didn't fit into that box, I still had the potential to succeed and be happy in doing what I was doing, you know? Great advice. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, thanks, Mom. So you've had, yeah, way to go, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had a lot of good advice along the way as well and life mm-hmm. experience that have helped you through all of this. And uh, I think it's fantastic what you've done. I, wa- you. I watched from afar, but I watched, yeah, right? Yeah. So oh, that's good. <laughs> and uh, that's great. Is there anything else you want to tell us uh, that you can tell us about what's happening? Yeah. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot more like PA day programs, yeah. uh, after school programs. Okay. We really want to appeal to the youth as well mm-hmm. um, and, and adults, the kids at heart. Um, and another thing, uh, we just finished doing some character grams for uh, Valentine's Day. Yep, right. And I don't think a lot of people know that we actually offer character grams. So yeah. we had the Mad Hatter, um, which was awesome. Yeah. Everyone's always really happy to see him. Yeah. <laughs> and because we are arts and entertainment, and we're just kind of adding on the education aspect of it, you yeah. know. So the thing is, and, and people have said this to me before, like, oh, you're always branching out. You're always trying new things. But that's like the beauty of art, right? So expect a lot of new new and exciting opportunities this year to like kind of see what we're capable of all right perfect yeah painted cat congratulations it's nice to see you again it's nice to see you too Dave. reach out to the painted cat we're going to put uh, go back to the studio and we'll give you all the information find out more about what she's doing once again the painted cat yep the painted cat there's no other one like her and uh cat cabahart thanks so much for talking with me it's nice to see you again in person and she's got some exciting things she's planning she'll be doing some workshops and events and classes down there at 100 christina street here in downtown sarnia reach out online on facebook the painted cat sarnia and online to the paintedcat.ca on her instagram as well you want to check her out there she's got quite a following uh simply the painted cat Cat, thanks again. Looking forward to seeing more from you coming up in the future. All right. Well, that was inspiring. And if you like to be inspired, we've got some more inspiring things. Ready to be inspired? It's called One Good Shift. And Sean Pete, who is a former pro hockey player turned Canada's only NASCAR coach, is coming to Sarnia to the Imperial Theatre. And what makes him a little bit different about what he's going to be talking about? It's not hockey and NASCAR that he's just talking about. Well, he's going to inspire you. And I had the opportunity to catch up with him earlier this week, and it was an inspiring conversation. Sit back right now and enjoy. Here is Sean P. Well, Sarnia, get ready to be inspired coming to Sarnia to the Imperial Theatre. Uh, very special guest and, and an interesting story, and I'm glad we have him here today. Uh, Sean Pete, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate, uh, appreciate being on here. Thank you, Dick. Well, we're excited to have you come to uh, Sarnia on uh, March the 5th at the Imperial Theatre. Um, and uh, before we get into why you're doing all this, we need to give everybody a little bit of a, a, a backstory. 
Um, you you originally were your former hockey player, right? That's correct. I uh, have a, had a really interesting journey through life. Uh, grew up on Vancouver Island. Um, was a, a, a marginal hockey player at best. Um, <laughs> made uh, I was the last player picked on a British Columbia uh, in the British Columbia League. I played for the Nanaimo Clippers. Um, somehow worked my way into a scholarship. Played four years of college at Dartmouth, and um, went on after that. Played in the minors. Uh, made it all the way up to the American League with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and played for the Calder Cup in uh, 2002. And um, after I was sent down uh, from Wilkes-Barre, a uh, chance meeting with a fan in NASCAR set me off in a career in NASCAR, and that was 16 years ago. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a barely believable tale with all sorts of interesting stops along the way. And it's it sort of happened by accident, from what I understand. This sort of uh, you got into NASCAR from a bench brawl. Yeah. So I was. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny is I was. Uh, so I had made the original the opening day roster for the 2003 Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, and uh, we were all at lunch one day, and um, we were watching Sports Center, and along the bottom of the the TV screen, it said the Pittsburgh Penguins just traded for. Uh, Doug Wilson and Ethan Moreau out of, out of Florida from the Florida Panthers, both defensemen. I was the only undrafted player in Wilkes-Barre at the time, and I was a defenseman. So before Glenn Patrick even told me I was on my way down, um, I showed up at the rink in the morning and packed my bags and was sent to Greensboro. Uh, to make a long story short, I wasn't super pleased about the demotion. Uh, there was a guy running around the ice taking liberties with our players. Our coach wanted it solved, so I, I just – kind of raised my hand and said, I'll solve it. Turned into a, a massive brawl um, and I was suspended for 18 games. And during that suspension, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's been, uh, it, it's been said it was, uh, I was the catalyst in the worst brawl in East Coast League hockey history. And, uh, wow. So it's a record that my parents aren't super proud of. But um, <laughs> when I was sitting out, I met a guy in the stands who worked for NASCAR and my dad has a garage on Vancouver Island. And, um, so when we got to talking, he's like, hey, when, when your dad comes down, uh, I'll take you on a tour. And sure enough, my pops came down. I took him to Bill Davis Racing at the time. And it was back when just mechanics pitted the race cars, not before all these athletes got into it. Oh, right. And uh, practice was going bad. So the crew chief's like, hey, get, get the hockey player in here. And I went and was just about as fast as the guy that had been doing it for five years. And um, so they, they wanted me to pursue it. I was playing in Albuquerque, New Mexico that year and thought it was, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, and they were persistent. And uh, the following year, I took a shot at it. And, and it's funny. It took me – I tried for 20 years to get to the National Hockey League, and I made it to NASCAR in, like, six weeks. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't know what you had in you. No, and it, like I said, it was a, just a different time, right? Like, it was, you had to beat out mechanics athletically for the job. Now, yeah. if you look at our current roster – we have a guy that was a linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had a guy who led Clemson in tackles for two years. We have a U.S. Olympic swimmer. We've had two United States Navy SEALs. So the wow. athletic acumen of these guys now pit race cars and NASCAR um, far exceeds the entry point from where when I got in. I never, I don't think I ever would have made it if that was the case. And not only have you, uh, uh, you know, shown your success in this, but you're the first Canadian pit coach. Or uh, and and they don't they call that like uh, the first one to go over over the top or something over the wall yeah so I over think the I was, wall right I, I think I was the first or or, or maybe one of two um, Canadians going over the wall as a jackman uh, on a pit crew um, which is really interesting you know it uh, 
we travel all over the country, race 39 weeks a year, and, and you'd meet fellow Canadians at a lot of these different racetracks. And it was always like this uh, point of commonality. You know, I've met uh, Curtis McElhaney's dad. You know, he wears wearing a Team Canada jersey down down pit road one day. Um, and, and so, yeah, I was a pit crew for a long time. And then just having wanting to see it done a better way, um, I decided to take on coaching, and that was uh, six years ago. And, and a funny story to that is um, when I first started coaching, our guys would call me coach. And, and I was like, look, if I'm not wearing hockey skates and a whistle, don't call me coach. Just call me Sean. That's fine. There you go. Yeah. So what – okay, so let's turn this uh, into the reason that you're coming to Sarnia. Um, what has all this got to do with what you're going to talk about? Because you're not really coming to talk about – Hockey and and NASCAR, it's 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 one good shift can make a difference, right? Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I've never aspired to be a public speaker, and uh, and a couple of years ago, um, I had the opportunity to speak at the NFL Combine, and and I didn't think that I really had anything anyone wanted to to hear. And after we spoke at the NFL Combine, we had a resounding response, and we're invited to a bunch of different teams to talk to their guys. And when I started looking at it, I thought, well, maybe there is something here that, that, that people may want to hear. And I think the gist of it is this, Dave, is, is I was <clears throat> uh, really, you know, just your average person, you know, I, I, you know, scholastically, athletically. And when I look at my journey, it was a, a couple of little shifts in the way I think about things that allowed me to, to be as successful as I've become and, and create this life that I, that I absolutely revere. And, and we're all, the, the message I really want to get across to people is it's all within us, you know, and yeah. um, at, at the end of the day, it's about inspiring human brilliance, you know, just, you know, the, the, you know, realizing that thoughts are things and that the view that we adopt for ourselves profoundly affects the way that we live our life. So one good shift is about um, walking into situations that we face every day and shifting our mindset and looking at them just slightly different. And by doing that, um, we can bring all the abundance that we want in, into our life. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's um, it seems like to, a hard lesson for us to learn, right? You know, because we, 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 where we're surrounded and where we are in our environment. Um, how do we, how do we, uh, do we have to find the courage to change that? Is that where it comes from? Or what's, I think it, I think it boils down to the path, right? So like, when we were growing up and your parents are hard on you, um, they were preparing us for the path, right? Like they were yeah. equipping us, telling us, hey, you know, there's peer pressure coming and there's failure coming and there's disappointment coming, right? They were preparing us for the path. And the one thing I think that maybe is going on now that instead of preparing the child for the path, we're preparing the path for the child, mm. right? And that's a big difference. That means we're out front removing all the disappointment removing all the failure. But the problem with that, Dave, is that the paths lead to the same point, right? Yeah. A, a point that is wrought with failure and disappointment and heartbreak. And if you arrive at that point unequipped for that part of the journey, um, you're in big trouble, right? Because now you, you're you just, it's an onslaught of all these things that you have to handle. So again, um, you know, small shifts in the way you think about things um, can help you overcome, you know, the adversity and, and the failure. You know, we... If you think about my job, I'm tasked with having five guys change four tires and put two cans of fuel in a race car in 12 seconds. We operate on, on yeah, we, we operate on yeah, the verge. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it like that. Right. So we operate on the verge of what's humanly possible. Um, so we understand that failure is coming. 
but it's it's how quickly we navigate that failure, overcome it, move on that determines right. whether we're successful or not. Like we we call ourselves failure coaches, right? But we okay. view failure different. You know, like there's a a misconception in society that there's a finality to failure, which is absolute BS. You know, the reason yeah. we look up at successful people is because they're standing on a mountain of failures. They just never let that stop yeah. them or define them. It's well, uh, I, I think, uh, don't quote me. I read a book a long time ago. It's called Failure Way to Success, right? And, right. um, and I think you're, I, I agree with you. You know, I think we say, you know, oh, you failed that test or you, you failed that course or you failed, you failed, you failed, you failed. And it feels like such a harsh word. Um, and I agree. If you, if we could just look at that word a little bit differently and apply it differently, uh, greater things can happen, right? And I mean, it's it's no secret that social media has an effect on, uh, well, not just young people, everybody, right? And sure. I guess a, a part of it is is how we react or how we don't react to failure. Well, and, and that's exactly it. it. Is you know, especially you brought up a great point about social media. We are in a twenty four seven comparison game now, right? So it's easy. Easier now than ever to feel like, yeah, exactly, to feel like a failure because, you know, you're seeing everyone else's house and fancy car and, you know, and a, and a lot of it, you know, a lot of it is a facade, right? So, yeah. again, you know, one thing we tell our guys all the time is we fail quickly, right? Fail quickly and move on. So, like, if, if it's, if they miss the first lug nut, we ask them to fail quickly, hit the next five succinctly. If we fail when we're changing tires on the right side of the car, fail quickly and be great on the left side, right? And, yeah. and Again, by reframing that failure, this is where the one good shift comes in. We're shifting our mindset that that failure is actually a tool and, and we can use failure to grow as, as human beings. Like if you look back at your life and you think about some of the things that you failed at, a lot of times they become the catalyst of the things that helped you grow the most. Where we were the most uncomfortable, like I think of... I have an unbelievable John Brophy story um, that, that, I'll, that I'll tell at the Imperial that... Uh, I could have gone two directions. I could have just quit hockey. It was it was that type of story, or I could keep going. And yeah. uh, um, you know, again, that's why I say that I'm unremarkable in every sense except my mindset. And, and I am every person that's coming to the Imperial Theater. I just think a little bit differently, and it's all things that you could walk out the doors after the show and implement them in your life immediately. Sean, why is this so important to you? Um, it's important to me because, you know, I'm in the United States right now and, and, and Canada, and the United States are, are, are close in a lot of things. Thank goodness they're, they're, they're different in a lot of things also, but there are more heart attacks on Monday morning in the United States than at any other time during the week. And it's a direct mm -hmm. reflection of our dissatisfaction, our lack of purpose, um, our, our indecisiveness on pursuing a calling. You know, and I just, I truly want to see it done a better way. You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, it's, um, I've never been much of a self-promoter. I, I uh, you know, like I said, after the calm, I, I thought that my message resonated enough that I, I want to affect people positively. And, and, I, and I've had some really wonderful people come into my life. And I think this is my way of paying it forward. And um, like I said, if, if one person walks out of the Imperial Theater, um, for the better, then it's going to be worth it. Well, um, you're already doing it here in this interview, just by the way you're talking, you're already uh, inspiring. Uh, I know I, I've enjoyed listening to you here. Um, so I think when, when we give you a big stage up there and you have room to move around, you'll be, you'll be very inspiring 
right. as well, right? Well, and it's what gonna is, be a little different. Sorry, go ahead. No, go, no, go ahead. I, I just it's a bit of a different presentation too. Like I um one thing I don't like is you know, you have a lot of the, the, the sage from the stage type presentations where it's this person up there, you know, with a uh you know, portraying this perfect life and, you know, you do this, this, and this, you're going to get here. Um, mine is completely authentic. You know, I'm going to speak to my failures just as much as I'm going to speak to my success. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think by doing that, there's an authenticity there that resonates with people. And um, they realize that like this, all this is like right there, you know, it, it's within reach. And, and like I said, um, not something super complex or complicated to implement into your life. Yeah. Well, I like I like how you mentioned that because uh you know, I I've, I've been to many motivational speakers and you do you see this great big well, they're way up there and we're kind of sitting down here, right? Yeah. And uh and it sometimes it gives you something to reach for, but it, it if it becomes more real and it seems more achievable, I think that's uh, that's part of the inspiring part. Absolutely. We're going together, right? And again, if if um what you'd love to see is this grow exponentially and not just my part is you affect three people and they affect six people and they affect six more people. You know what I mean? And, and really, you know, we start valuing each other and, and valuing and realizing, you know, quit playing small and realizing the gifts that we have to bring to this world. And, and um, uh, yeah, I, I said, I'm, I'm really excited. And uh, you know, it's, I've done a bunch of these in the United States. I've not been in a room full of countrymen and done this. So I'm really excited to be in Canada <laughs> and do this. And I know that sounds like a, such a small thing but but when you're down here for so long it's not like it's a big deal to go up and uh and speak in canada and i had um I, i'm a, a journaler and i journaled that i i will do an event in canada and uh and it's finally come to fruition so i'm i'm, I'm very excited about it journals are important i have one myself so i, I, are. I, 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 I are. can i can relate to what you're saying there uh talk a little bit about your company uh, and and how you founded that and how it all kind of came together yeah, so we have a company. It's called Deck Leadership, and Deck stands for Diversity, Efficiency, Culture, and Kindness. And and we feel like uh, uh, um, those are the four horsemen of the American workplace. And uh, we founded it. The other pit crew coach at Chip Ganassi Racing, a guy named Mike Metcalf, he was a running back at Appalachian State. And um, again, it was it was after this NFL Combine deal that we realized that um, you know people want to people want to hear what we have to say. And and what's interesting is. You know, there's a lot of corporate speak these days about, you know, our, our, our business team needs to operate like a pit crew. And what they don't realize is, is what that is. So like our business, we do everything from a, a, a keynote to the point like we will bring the race car to your parking lot and all the tires and pit guns and all that stuff. And we'll teach you how to do pit stops and how to work together as a team. Um, you know, and, and what what becomes what resonates from those is that. High functioning teams are not simply a brilliant strategy or a brilliant process. It's, it's all these other things, all the soft arts that come into it. So emotional intelligence and kindness and work ethic and resolve. And, and these are all the things that make high functioning teams. Um, you know, when we took on Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, their picker department, we had to beat three or four other teams in the sport that had budgets that were almost double ours. Oh, right, wow. and even our even our facilities. I mean, it's, we're the only team in NASCAR that you can't practice in the rain. You know, but we have this philosophy that we don't have the best of everything, but we make the best of everything. And we realize that if we could weaponize our culture, we could compete with the big guys. 
And we've done that ever since we've been there. Our, our team was ranked fourth last year at all the teams on pit road. Um, we really are excited about the two groups this year. We think we could be in, put them both in the top five. And again, we're doing it with, with half the resources, but we invest in our guys more than anyone else. You know, if, if you're a pit crew member at Chip Ganassi Racing, um, we care about you. You know, and, and like our number one recruiting criteria is we put nothing above being a world-class human being. If you're that, I can turn you into a pit crew guy. And, and, and once we find those guys, like I said, we um, we know everything about them. I know every one of my guys' birthdays. I know their wives' birthdays. I know their <laughs> anniversaries. We actually uh, we had a guy a couple of years ago. He was out back uh, doing some extra work. And uh, I looked out the window and saw him. And I walked back there, and I was like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm just trying to work on a couple of things. And it was his anniversary. And, uh, and this guy's wife is affectionately – uh, known as the warden, right? So not a lady you want to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, man, you need you need to get out of here. Like, we, you, it's your anniversary today. You know, because if you think about it, we have such a long season in NASCAR, right? And these yeah. we're asking a lot of our guys, and we want to help them with the important things in life. And, and and it's something that, you know, I have thirty guys in my department. If I can walk out one day and someone's warming up, and I can put my hand on their shoulder and be like, hey, don't forget to call your dad. It's his birthday today. That, that that creates a profound effect and shows that you, you know you care about that guy and it's free and every company can do it so it's and building building relationships right you got it and it's creating purpose right so now he's not just a guy who pits tires for sean pete mike metcalf and chip and as racing he's it, it becomes more like family right so i am going to get his best effort so at the end of the day whether you're a coach or a boss this is all about inspiring human brilliance, right? The, the, the best iteration of ourselves. And, and again, it's about caring for people. And that's where we kind of lost our way. And we got to get back to that. Agreed. Sean, yeah. I could let you go on, but then uh, there, we, we, we don't want you to reveal everything you're going to talk about here today. We want people to come see you, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And like I, said, I, I have plenty. I love talking about this stuff. Yeah. I'm very passionate about it. And um you know, I, I hope there's a bunch of questions. I hope I get to meet people and, and, and we can really um, we can really impact some people. Well, I'm looking forward to hopefully having the chance to meet you when you come down here. Uh, and uh, I know there's uh, tickets are already going really well, folks. So you're going to want to make sure you go to imperialtheater.net to get those tickets to see Sean Pete come to the Imperial Theater uh, on March the 5th. Sean, thanks so much for joining me here today. We'll look forward to seeing you here in Sarnia. Dave, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Wow, he certainly is an inspiring person already. Sean Pete, thank you so much for your time. And you can see Sean Pete March 5th here at the Imperial Theatre. Not only can you uh, see him speak, uh, there are VIP tickets available that you will be able to meet him and spend time with him as well. There's only 100 uh, VIP tickets. So go online, as we said, to imperialtheater.net to get your tickets for this Sean, uh, very looking forward, very looking forward. Is that a way to say it? I'm super looking forward to uh, seeing you uh, talk and uh, hopefully get a chance to uh, meet up face-to-face. -face. One Good Shift is supporting St. Clair Child and Youth Services uh, here in Sarnia. So be inspired, learn, and support a great cause. Once again, Sean, thank you so much. We'll look forward to seeing you. 
All right. Well, just before we go, always got to say thank you to some supporters here as well. Thank you to our friends at AG Event Graphics. Visit them online at askguy.ca, supporting us right from the start for eight years now. And our friends at Joe's Discount Tire. Yep, you got to get those snow tires ready. The snow has finally showed up, so be ready for that. And, of course, our friends at Oswald's Diner and Active Ears, where better hearing begins with you. And Thank you to all of you for joining me here. That's all the time I got for you this week. Have a great week and an even better weekend. I will see you next time right here on the show. Bye for now.